Vladimir Putin has dissolved the Russian government. What does this mean for that country and for foreign policy with the United States, Iran, Syria, and Israel? And with the Olympics coming soon to China, is it more or less tolerant of Christianity? This is Jerry Johnson live from Crystal College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. There is no military solution in Iraq. There never was. That's Barack Hussein Obama. He's a senator. He's running for president of the United States. He says there's no military solution in Iraq, and there never was. But Saddam Hussein was paying suicide bomber families that were attacking Israel. Saddam Hussein had used chemical weapons to kill thousands of his own people. Saddam Hussein was supporting terrorists, and it was military action that took him out. Is Obama right? Here's House Republican leader John Boehner telling reporters that al-Qaeda is the main enemy in Iraq. Al-Qaeda is the, the major threat that we face, radical jihadism. Not just al-Qaeda, it's al-Qaeda and related groups. All right, who's correct, Boehner or Obama? If Boehner is correct and al-Qaeda is the enemy, then what kind of solution could there be except a military solution? Here's Senate Majority Leader, Democrat, Harry Reid. There's no change of mission. This is more of the same. Remember, in less than six months, we'll be getting the sixth year of this war. All right, six years of the war. And, of course, uh, Democrat Harry Reid is critical. Harry Reid, he's critical of the president, critical of the war. Right now, these hearings going on in Washington, D.C., and General... Betrayus, or is it General Petraeus? <laughs> That's what he's being called, General Betrayus. Can you believe that? He's being attacked. The president is being attacked. And Reed is saying it's been six years. And I'm wondering when he says six years, if he remembers another anniversary. Here's the director of national intelligence, Michael McConnell. My biggest concern, as mentioned by Senator Collins is going back to September 10th thinking by many in our country. September 10th thinking. Yesterday was September 11. Today is September 12. We are in a post-September 11 world. And I think Senator Obama and Senator Reid don't get it. It has been six years. It's been six years since 9-11. 
and we've not had an attack on American soil. Could that be because we're fighting in Iraq and in Afghanistan? If we were not fighting them there, would we be fighting the terrorist here? We're going to talk about that later. But there are other national security threats coming up, it seems, all around us. Russia, China, and Iran. Today, we're hearing that Vladimir Putin has handpicked a successor. He's going to dissolve the government, dissolve the parliament. He's doing bomber runs. He's developed a super bomb. Uh, Critics are being poisoned. Should we be concerned again about the bear, Russia? With us to talk about it is Howard Phillips. He's chairman of the Conservative Caucus. He was the 2000 presidential nominee of the Constitution Party. He's a graduate of Harvard College. He served during the Nixon administration, heading two federal agencies. The last one, he was the director of the U.S. Office of Economic Opportunity. Howard, it's good to have you back on the program. Dr. Jerry, I always appreciate the invitation. How are you? Well, I'm doing great, but uh, we're in a a, a messed-up world, I think, today. And I'd like for you to tell us what you make of these developments in Russia. It seems like Putin is flexing his muscles. Uh, They're poisoning the critics. They're shutting down the media and dissolving the parliament. What's going on over there? Well, Vladimir Putin uh, is a very popular figure in uh, su- supposedly post-Soviet Russia. Uh, things are <clears throat> more profitable for Russians uh, than they were during the tenure of Boris Yeltsin. And uh, Putin is doing everything he can to uh, enhance his standing with the average Russian. Uh, Jerry, you may recall years ago when Reagan was under criticism that Parade Magazine ran a picture of him pumping iron and chopping wood on the cover. (laughs) Well, Putin has copied Reagan. He's been working out at the gym. He took his shirt off and uh, uh, exposed a very muscular torso, (laughs) which uh, had all the ladies in Russia fluttering and has even captured the attention of some homosexual publications in the United States. Uh, At the same time, he is thumbing his nose at the United States, as he did when he challenged uh, President Bush's uh, expressed intention to deploy SDI uh, in uh, Western Europe, and he got Bush to move uh, toward Azerbaijan as a site. Uh, He now has his bear and bison bombers uh, running some of the same routes that were uh, run uh, in earlier times, uh, in, when the USSR uh, was the name of the country which he now heads, and uh, he is uh, trying to twist our tail. He's made a play uh, for the uh, uh, resources available in the Arctic Ocean, uh, not far from the coast of Alaska, and all of these things uh, are convincing average Russians that uh, he is making uh, Russia once again a superpower which has to be dealt with by the rest of the world. Now, a lot of this is fluff and tough because uh, Russia is still a uh, far weaker country than uh, it has been uh, at various times in its history. But nonetheless, it's something that we have to deal with. Putin is collaborating with communist China, providing them with some... uh, uh, military equipment, which they could not in a timely way develop on their own. He's downplaying the possibility that he faces 
a more imminent threat, perhaps, from communist China than even we do, as uh, uh, the Chinese uh, population expands and they're looking for eastward expansion into territory now controlled by Russia. Uh, Putin is going to take a brief sabbatical from his uh, titular leadership of the country, but he'll still be the man in charge. And his new premier, prime minister, is someone uh, he worked with uh, in earlier times when he had a a lesser position uh, than he now holds. And he's grooming this fellow to be a placeholder Mm -hmm. until he comes back at the election following uh, the one in the immediate future. Do you believe that um, if there ever was democracy in Russia, that that's dead now? Well, uh, it depends on how you define democracy. You know, President Bush has said that his one of his goals is to spread democracy, <laughs> yet uh, he is siding with one of the greatest tyrannies on the face of the earth, communist China, against free China, uh, where they do have democratic elections and where uh, women are not having their babies aborted forcibly while they're still in the womb. So uh, democracy is a question of uh, definition. Mm. And uh, uh, while uh, uh, Russia is not the kind of Jeffersonian republic uh, which we once aspired to be, uh, it it is a more democratic country than uh, uh, communist China is. And my prayer is that the Bush administration uh, will stop condemning free China for its intention to hold a referendum uh, that will deal with the name of the country being Taiwan uh, and which will uh, continue to assert its desire for representation at the U.N. So there's a lot going on in that part of the world. And uh, Mr. Putin is not yet a, uh, as big a threat to us as communist China is. But let's, lest we forget, he still has a great many nuclear weapons, which could uh, devastate the population of the United States. At one point, Bill Clinton bragged that he had uh, persuaded the Russians to uh, turn their nuclear missiles away from the United States. But that's really all they did. They turned them. And with the flick of a presidential button, Putin could once again have them targeted uh, at prime sites throughout the United States. So We do have to worry about uh, Russia. Putin has a greater capacity now than Red China does to devastate the United States. But what Red China has demonstrated is their ability to hack into our communication systems and to destroy uh, our space capabilities. And they know that uh, the importance of command and control to the superiority of the American military depends on our ability to have military superiority in our outer space, and China is now in a position to challenge that. We talked about that last week, shooting down satellites and they're hacking into the computers. I have a question for you because I'm looking at your newsletter. Folks, this is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Howard Phillips. He's the editor of the Issues and Strategy Bulletin. And in the current issue, uh, you end with an interesting note about the Nazis in 1936, the Chinese in 2008, hosting the Olympics. Absolutely. Is this going to be a propaganda bonanza for the Chinese? And and it was a tragedy when uh, George Bush gave Beijing the go-ahead to have the 2008 Olympics. And uh, it is going to be a propaganda bonanza. And once they have the Olympics under their belt, uh, they will be far freer 
than they are now to uh, try to uh, occupy Taiwan and bring it under their control. Just a personal note, uh, w- when I was serving in the Nixon administration, I had an opportunity to meet and spend some time with a fellow named Jesse Owens, wow. uh, who was the hero for yes. the United States <laughs> at the 1936 yes. Olympics, confounding Adolf Hitler's dreams uh, of Aryan superiority. Jesse Owens was uh, a, a black man. He was a tremendous American patriot. He was a wonderful guy. And it was a real honor for me to talk to him and to uh, hear his personal comments on that 1936 Olympics and how thrilled he continued to be at being able to thwart the grandiose schemes of Adolf Hitler. Howard, let's think about these Olympics coming up in 2008. Can you think of strategies for Christians, for uh, patriots, for um, people who love democracy? How can we do something like Owens did at those Olympics uh, in 08? Well, my friend Dana Rohrbacker, a congressman from California who used to be a speechwriter at President Reagan's staff, has indicated that he plans to launch an effort to boycott the 2008 Olympics. I hope to be meeting with Dana soon to discuss ways in which we could cooperate with him. And according to published reports, seven of his colleagues have already agreed uh, to join with him in that effort. I think uh, that we can use the occasion of the 2008 Olympics Uh, perhaps not enough to derail them, but enough to use them as a mirror on the tyranny which operates, the totalitarian, brutal tyranny, the anti-Christian tyranny, uh, which governs mainland China. And, you know, they they call it the People's Republic of China, but what it really is is the Central Committee of the uh, Communist Party of of China. And... uh, Uh, We hear that they're moving toward free markets, but one thing they continue to say is that, yes, we'll do anything we can to make a profit, but we will never surrender control. Wow. We'll keep an uh, eye on this. Howard, we're out of time. I'm sorry I'm on a hard break here. Jerry, God bless you. Thank you for inviting me. I hope to talk to you again soon. All right. Howard Phillips, the Issues and Strategy Bulletin. And later in the program, we're going to talk to someone who's an expert In the persecution of Christians worldwide, we'll talk about the China situation. But coming up, Al Gore and the global warming hysteria crowd are in trouble. 500 scientists are speaking out against them. Don't miss it. A legacy of equipping believers, training leaders to be effective in their walk with Christ. That heritage continues at the Criswell College in Dallas, and you can see it firsthand. Thursday, September 13th, come to Preview Day and learn how an education at the Criswell College will prepare you for a future of ministry and a lifetime of service. The Criswell College will grow you spiritually and academically and focus your Christian worldview. Come meet the professors, have lunch, and with two sessions, pick from a list of classes to observe firsthand and ask any questions you may have. Your reservation is waiting for Preview Day, September 13th. Call 800-899-0012. That's 800-899-0012. And you'll find more details on the web at chriswell.edu. Take advantage and see the worldwide opportunities the Chriswell College can afford you as a full-time student or with classes to round out a biblically-based education. Call 800-899-0012 and reserve your place at Preview Day at the Chriswell College in Dallas. 
Hurricane Katrina slammed into New Orleans. Is it possible that we should prepare against other threats besides terrorists? Al Gore. Paramount Classics comes a film that has shocked audiences everywhere they've seen it. The Arctic is experiencing faster melting. If this were to go, sea level worldwide would go up 20 feet. 20 feet, this remember is that. what would happen in Florida. Around Shanghai, home to 40 million people. The area around Calcutta, 60 million. 20 Here's feet. Manhattan. The World Trade Center Memorial would be underwater. 20 feet. Think of the impact of a couple hundred thousand refugees, and then imagine a hundred million. We have to act together to solve this global crisis. Al Gore. Our ability to live is what is at stake. All right, that's one-time Vice President of the United States, Al Gore, An Inconvenient Truth. Remember, that movie earned him an Academy Award. Today I'm looking at a headline from Reuters. Global warming may cause, may cause, world crop decline. The mainstream media is putting out stories like this every day. Now, I want to ask you what you make of some of this, because there's some other information that has been breaking this week, which absolutely undercuts everything that Al Gore is saying. And I want you to weigh in on this. The number is 800-881-9270. Do you believe in the global warming hysteria? What do you make of our summer here in Dallas or in the Southwest this year? Did you notice there were no 100-degree days in June? I don't think there were any in July, and there were just a few in August. What do you make of that? What do you make of that? But let's go with the facts, and let's go with the evidence. Now, you heard on that trailer just a moment ago Al Gore say, if the ice caps melt, we're going to have 20-foot floods, 20 feet. And then he named all those world cities, including New York City, and he said there'll be hundreds of thousands of people displaced. Do you believe that? Here's Al Gore again. America is the natural leader of the world, and our world faces a true planetary emergency. All right, he says it's an emergency. We're going to have 20-foot floods. But get this. This year, the United Nations... IPCC, that's the International Planetary Climate Committee, says, worst-case scenario, 17 inches. Not 20 feet, 17 inches, the worst-case scenario. And they actually say it could be somewhere between 5 inches and 17 inches. Yet Al Gore wins the Oscar for um, that sham pseudoscientific movie. Well, today, breaking news. The Hudson Institute, the Hudson Institute has released a new analysis 
of peer-reviewed literature. And you'll say, well, what is that? Well, I teach at a college here at Criswell College, and peer-reviewed means this. These are experts in the field that are publishing research that peers review. That is, other scientists, other geologists, other climatologists are looking over this material. And you and I are hearing that all the experts agree, all of the scientists agree, it's only a few flat earthers. It's only some people that are in denial. It's only people who are being paid by the oil companies who are denying the global warming fact. And that's what Al Gore says. He's written a new book about how if you don't believe him, it's unreasonable. It's against reason. Well, this new analysis by the Hudson Institute documents 500, 500 science articles in peer-reviewed journals. 500 scientists who refute at least one element of the global warming scare movement. Now, 300 of these scientists found evidence that a 1,500-year climate cycle is what is bringing global warming, not any kind of CO2 emissions. Again, 300 scientists have published this in peer-reviewed journals. What do you make of this? The number is 800-881-9270. Why do you think the national media, why do you think Newsweek is jumping on the bandwagon? Why do you think Reuters keeps pulling out these stories and the BBC? The number is 800-881-9270. Do you believe it's getting warmer? Do you believe Al Gore? Another group of these scientists said this. Another 300, the same 300, said... Modern warming is linked strongly to variations in the sun's irradiance. Again, 300 peer-reviewed scientists saying that this is about the sun and variations at the sun. It's not about what we're doing to the environment. What do you think about these scientists? Do you think they're bogus? Do you think they're legitimate? I don't know if you remember uh, the last um, propaganda campaign I saw uh, was that there were 300 scientists on the other side. They were boasting of 350 scientists, Al Gore. Well, here we have 500 scientists. Again, a Hudson, Hudson Institute survey report today. Here's another thing these scientists found. Sea levels are failing to rise, as Al Gore and company have predicted. Again, here is Al Gore. The planet has a fever. The planet has a fever. Now, how many times have you heard this right here? That nine of the ten warmest years in history have occurred since 1995. Now, we're in in 2007. So, that would mean in the last 12 years, ten of them have been the hottest on history. Now, I've heard that again and again and again over the last few months. I'm sure you have, too. That was all based upon a NASA study... The Goddard Institute for Space Studies. But guess what? They were challenged by a group called Climate Audit. They were challenged. And NASA has retracted that propaganda. They have retracted that statement. And now they're admitting, get this, four of the top ten years were from the 1930s. 2000, 2002, 2003, 2004, all fell behind the year 1900. And the previous claim, here's the biggie, that the hottest year on record was 1998. Now NASA says 
It was not 1998. Guess what the hottest year was? It was 1934. How does, how does that make you feel when you hear something like that? Have you seen that as a headline on the evening news? Have you seen that on the cover of Time magazine? Why? Why not? The number is 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. People are lining up on the phones. They're full now. Cheryl on the line from Garland. Cheryl, how do you feel about this information? Well, I think that Al Gore would have a lot more credibility if he actually put his money where his mouth is. There's an email circulating about the fact that his house has no green uh, enhancements to make it more energy efficient and that sort of thing, and uses about 20 times the national average in fossil fuels per year to maintain. Yes. All right. Now, I've seen that in a, in a power company in Tennessee. By uh, saying that, well, he's paying extra to get energy right. that's generated by, uh, some of the energy is generated by windmill instead of fossil fuels. I believe that as responsible Christians, we should take a look and do what we can yes. to preserve uh, the earth in as pristine a condition as we can. But jumping up and down, screaming and shouting and hand-waving about and making up facts and statistics is not a responsible way to take action. The Kyoto Treaty is a joke. The, um, you know, putting the life habits of caribou over the needs of people is ridiculous. Well, Cheryl, I think that's the point, really, because this show is about the Christian worldview. And when we look at Genesis 1, we know that human beings have a stewardship over the earth. We're told to rule it. We're told to subdue it. We're told to have dominion over it. Doesn't mean we own it. It means we have a stewardship. But it also means human beings are made in the image of God. And we do have a place above the animals, above the grass, above the goldfish. And the radical environmental movement wants none of that. We think sometimes, I think that the animal rights people and so forth are wanting to lift animals up and the rest of creation up to the level of human beings, but they're not. They're dragging human beings down to the level of animals, and they don't want us to have those rights. Human beings are talked about as if we're aliens and we've come from another planet and that somehow we are affecting the planet and we're not part of the biosphere. We've got David on the line from Dallas. David, thank you for calling and holding. What do you think, yes. of, what do you think about the fact that uh, Al Gore predicted major hurricanes after Katrina in 2006, worse hurricanes in 2007. We've not seen any of that. Well, what do I think? I think it, uh, I think it just, it's evidence to show what I believe, that the guy is full of it. I, I think he's out there just trying to toot his own horn and get attention <laughs> for anything that he can. You know, there are always going to be naysayers. There are always going to be doomsdayers out there. <laughs> trying to rile people up, uh, using fear tactics. Uh, it's Of course, it's extremely aggravating to know that the media latches onto it, to know that politics latches onto anything they can. It is about it politics. attention away from, uh, from what really matters out there. David, we got to go. I'm sorry we're on a hard break. 
I hope you'll call back sometime on this. Maybe at the end of the show we can pick up on this topic again. A lot of more material on this. But when we come back, what is China doing to Christians? And should we really support these Olympics that are coming up? We'll be right back. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. An estimated 200 million Christians worldwide suffer interrogation, arrest, and even death for their faith in Jesus Christ. And another 200 or 400 million face discrimination and alienation. And a lot of those folks are in China. And I don't know if you know this, but the Olympics are coming up in 2008 in China. Is there anything we can do to speak out and to speak up for the Christians who are in China who are being mistreated and persecuted by the Chinese government? With us to talk about it is Carl Moeller. He's president of Open Doors. Carl, welcome back to the program. Well, it's great to be with you again. Dr. Moeller, let me ask you this. Um, what is the Chinese government doing to persecute Christians, particularly folks in those house churches in China? I think a lot of Americans don't even know what's going on. Yeah, I think it's important for Americans to realize that uh, China, while they get ready for the world's attention during the uh, Olympic Games coming up in 2008, uh, has been uh, systematically increasing the pressure on uh, Christians throughout the country, particularly the unregistered churches, the house churches you mentioned. And what they're doing is uh, is very subtle. They're putting an extreme amount of pressure for them to uh, leave the city, um, to uh, stop their Christian meetings. Um, for example, I mean, they've had uh, training meetings in many provinces have been disrupted uh, by these officials, these these police officials, if foreigners have been involved in them, uh, depending on the locality and the attitude of those local officials, they've either been asked to leave or, in more serious decisions, they've even been expelled from the country and blacklisted. Um, I was just uh, in Beijing last month, and we had to visit, we wanted to visit one of our uh, co workers there, a local house church pastor, and we had to go an hour and a half outside of the city, even now, wow. because there's so much surveillance taking place on the, the local uh, house church pastors. This is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Dr. Carl Moeller, president of Open Doors. He's an expert on the persecuted church around the globe. But we're focusing on China because we've got those 2008 Olympics. Let me ask you this, uh, Dr. Moeller. We were talking with an earlier guest about the 1936 Olympics in Germany hmm. and how this was a, a PR coup for Adolf Hitler hmm. to legitimize his government to legitimize uh, the way of life and the Nazi movement. Are you afraid that the Chinese are, are going to try to hoodwink the world, really, uh, and, and um, at the expense, really, though, of, of the Christian church in China? Oh, I, I truly agree with that. And, you know, certainly uh, our experience with the Cold War um, uh, tells us that we should watch what communists do, not what they say. 
And uh, what the Chinese government is continuing to say to the world is we have religious freedom. We are open. Our economics are, are just an indicator of our great love for all things capitalistic. And the truth is, they're still communists. They're still uh, highly involved in religious oppression. The United States uh, State Department lists them as one of their countries of particular concern, one of the top eight countries in the world for uh, abuses of human rights. And, uh, and we list them as... Um, one of the worst persecutors of Christians. Even today, Christians are going to prison simply for being Christian in China. Well, let me ask you this question, because we're thinking, what can we do? And uh, I noticed uh, on the political front, um, Congressman Rohrabacher from California and Maxine Waters, that's one Republican, one Democrat, they're calling for a boycott of the Olympics. Um, That's a political strategy. Yeah. What are you encouraging Christians to do? Well, as, as believers in the power of prayer and in, and in our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we recognize that uh, we are one body with our brothers and sisters in China. Perhaps there's 100 million of our brothers and sisters in China right now who need our prayers. And so we're targeting uh, the 2008 Olympic Games in China with prayer in a program we call 888, and that is one country for one year for one minute. We're asking people to sign up and pray for one minute a day for the believers in China throughout this next year as they get ready for the Olympics. And we realize that prayer changes things. It can make a difference in the lives of everyday Christians, and it can change governments and change their response to the Christian church. We know in the power of prayer because we saw it bring down the Iron Curtain in, in Eastern Europe, and we've seen it open up country after country where Christians are mobilized to pray for their brothers and sisters. So you're praying for sort of a Christian version of the Berlin Wall or the Tiananmen Square situation, some, some move of God that would be evident uh, in conjunction with the Olympics, but particularly for the church and for the Christians there. Yeah, that's absolutely right. We are asking for Christians all around America to remember that there is a church in China. Whatever the Chinese uh, government wants to do uh, for presenting its face to the world during the Olympics, we know that it's a PR campaign. We know that there are millions of Christians uh, in the house churches of China who are uh, currently suffering increased pressure, uh, surveillance, and even imprisonment because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And and if there's one thing the Bible teaches us, it teaches us in 1 Corinthians that when one member of the body of Christ suffers, all members suffer with it. And we have to stand with our brothers and sisters in prayer. So we're asking people to pray for one minute, for one year, for one country, just one minute a day. And I think every Christian listening can do that commitment to, to just offer up a prayer to the Lord Jesus one minute a day. If they want to get more information on that, they can go to our website and sign up. And they'll get an email. That's every Open day. Doors, opendoorsusa.org. Is that correct? Right. Opendoorsusa.org. Uh, Dr. Muller, let me ask you this question. This is now more of a um, biblical, scriptural, spiritual observation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're studying and following what's happening worldwide with the persecuted church. Uh, you know, sometimes we hear this slogan. Um, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Yeah. Would you just speak a moment about the advantages? I hate to say that uh, the 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 strength that comes for the persecuted church, but also the challenges and the weaknesses and the temptations yeah. of the persecuted church, because it's not all good. 
and that yeah. that there are particular temptations that these folks living in these countries uh, who are Christians undergo, and how can we be praying then, knowing these strengths and knowing these weaknesses? How can we best pray for these Christians? Well, absolutely, Doctor Johnson. This is a this is a reality. Um, Christians in countries like China or Indonesia or or Pakistan or or Saudi Arabia are not supermen and women. They are real flesh-and-blood human beings. And the pressures, the tortures, sometimes even, as you said, the martyrdom that they face is a real trial. And they have real fears. Uh, and their faith is tested. I, I always say it's tested by the refiner's fire, because when they're in the midst of that fire, God is testing their faith and strengthening it. Um, but what we say about them is they are real people. They're not supermen and women, but they have been empowered to endure through the prayers of God's people and through his Holy Spirit to, to survive in the midst of the worst possible situations. And what I like to call the paradox of persecution then takes place. Because you, you see, where, per, where persecution is the hottest, where the fires of persecution are, are stoked by uh, the, the, the powers of this earth. You remember uh, in the book of Daniel, the, uh, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, stoked the fire hotter and hotter than seven times uh, the normal fire uh, yes. for I- execution so that he could uh, make an example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But just as God delivered them through that fire, he's delivering Christians around the world through the fires of persecution in those places. And what happens is that the, then paradox beca- uh, the paradox becomes evident, because the, the testimony of those who go through that fire, whether they die in martyrdom or the, whether their suffering results in, in more opportunity for the gospel to go forward, results in a growing church. And the greatest growth in the church around the world has taken place in China over the last 60 years. Um, uh, maybe from a growth from maybe 2 million believers to over 100 million That's believers incredible. in that period of time. Uh, we're seeing the similar stories out of Iran and out of Iraq, out of, out of even Saudi Arabia, where, where secret believers, where Muslims are turning to faith in Christ and they remain uh, pursuing the love of Jesus Christ as secret believers. But literally millions are coming to faith in Christ despite persecution and despite all that torture. Let me ask you this final question, Dr. Moeller. If people are going over to the Olympics and uh, they're planning to take tracts or Bibles or to do street evangelism, how do you think Beijing is going to handle Westerners or Chinese uh, folks who, who come back to the country? Maybe uh, they live in America or the U.K., but they're coming back over. They're going to speak Chinese. They're going to be out there witnessing. What do you think the government is going to do with that? Well, I mean, I think that's a very interesting question. And I think that the Chinese government, uh, for all its... Uh, its uh, facade of openness is still very, very afraid of Western Christians coming in evangelizing Chinese uh, in the streets. However, I think so, uh, but I don't think that they're going to do anything overt yeah. to the Westerners and those other Christians who come during the Olympic Games to, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think it would be um, a, a public relations disaster for them to throw some of those people in prison or in jail or, or detain them or ex- even expel them from the country. The Chinese are too smart for that. However, I think it is important for Christians who are going to do that, and by all means we encourage people to go and share Jesus right. Christ around the world, but who go there to remember that uh, they should not try to make contact with the underground church in China, um, because they will leave when the Olympic Games are over, yes. or when their ticket uh, takes them back to the United States or Canada or wherever. 
but the, the Christians who remain there, the persecuted Christians who remain, uh, they will have to live in that environment. And believe me, after the lights of the cameras from the world are, are turned off Beijing, uh, the police will be out looking for those uh, who were identified as Christians among their population, and they will be visiting them. And whether they get questioned, interrogated, or um, jailed, or there'll be worked, a price to pay them. Um, We've got to go. We're on a hard break. Thank you so much, Dr. Carl Moeller of Open Doors. When we come back, we'll take calls on China, the environment, or national security. 800-881-9270. A legacy of equipping believers, training leaders to be effective in their walk with Christ. That heritage continues at the Criswell College in Dallas, and you can see it firsthand. Thursday, September 13th, come to Preview Day and learn how an education at the Criswell College will prepare you for a future of ministry and a lifetime of service. The Criswell College will grow you spiritually and academically and focus your Christian worldview. Come meet the professors, have lunch, and with two sessions, pick from a list of classes to observe firsthand and ask any questions you may have. Your reservation is waiting for Preview Day, September 13th. Call 800-899-0012. That's 800-899-0012. And you'll find more details on the web at chriswell.edu. Take advantage and see the worldwide opportunities the Criswell College can afford you as a full-time student or with classes to round out a biblically-based education. Call 800-899-0012 and reserve your place at Preview Day at the Criswell College in Dallas. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. All right. Well, let me tell you, um, we've got Ravi Zacharias coming on Monday. We've got Brother Andrew, if you enjoyed this discussion about the persecuted church, famous Bible smuggler and Christian witness, Brother Andrew, will be on Monday. And then tomorrow we have Tom DeLay to talk about all that's going on in Washington, D.C., so don't miss that. Now, here's an update. Here's an update. We've been following these presidential primaries, and you know Fred Thompson has just entered the race now, and he's been running for president for about a week officially. There are two major polls that have come out. Today, a CNN poll shows Thompson tied, virtually tied, with Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani at 28%, Thompson at 27 That's within a 5% margin of error. Virtually tied, according to CNN. And here, yesterday, I see a Rasmussen poll that shows Fred Thompson ahead of Giuliani. Fred Thompson at 26%, Giuliani at 22%. Now, this is an amazing development. Many of you have been interested in the Fred Thompson candidacy. You can go to fred08.com, fred08.com, and see if you agree with his position. See if you agree with um, uh, his platform. Now, I'll tell you another interesting development. When Fred Thompson was interviewed... On The Tonight Show, he talked about the fact that he was skipping the debates, and um, these debates have been kind of like American Idol with so many contestants and uh, just the little sound bites. And Thompson said, you know, I'm for the Newt Gingrich idea. 
Newt Gingrich has suggested sort of an old Lincoln-Douglas-style debate where you get up and debate for two, three, four, five hours about one issue at a time or two issues at a time and one-on-one debates, one candidate against another one. Therefore, responding to that, Mike Huckabee, former governor of Arkansas, who's been rising at the polls, not up to the top tier, but of the second-rank candidates, he's at the top of that second class, he seized upon this and said, I challenge Fred Thompson to a debate. I accept Fred Thompson's challenge to a Lincoln-Douglas-style debate. And here's Huckabee's direct quote, I am aware of your comments on Fox News that you would like to participate in a series of Lincoln-Douglas-style debates. I would like to officially accept your offer, end quote, from Huckabee. Now, it's going to be very interesting to see if Fred Thompson does what he says here. Will he accept Huckabee on his own terms? So, I'll tell you, it's impressive to see Thompson rising to the top. Equally impressive, though, to see Huckabee's performance in these debates. All of the commentators agree that Huckabee has been very entertaining. He's been very likable. uh, And I think here a brilliant move on Huckabee's part to try to get one-on-one appearance with Fred Thompson because he can't go anywhere but up if he's at 8 or 10%. So it's a smart move on his part. We'll watch. We'll wait. uh, We'll see. Well, we've been talking today about national security, fast-forwarding to the issue of the persecuted church. And if you heard Howard Phillips, and if you heard Dr. Moeller, Iran, Iran came up both times. That is, Iran is a national security threat to the United States, and Iran is persecuting Christians. Here's U.S. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice on NBC's Today Show saying that Iran is problematical for us in Iraq and that the United States plans to deal with Iran when necessary. What we're prepared to do is to uh, complete the security gains that we've been making uh, to create circumstances in which an Iraqi government and local officials uh, can uh, find political accommodation as they are doing in Anbar uh, and to be able then from Iraq with allies in the war on terror to resist both terrorism and Iranian aggression. Now, we've been talking about this and again and again. Ahmadinejad, the president of Iran, saying, imagine a world without Israel. Imagine a world without the United States. His sort of apocalyptic vision that everything would uh, go up in smoke. Uh, This in the news in the last week. Iran's nuclear foes racing to hell, says Ahmadinejad. He talks about our satanic ideas, and he says, if we think... We're going to keep them from getting nuclear weapons. We are on a race to hell. It sounds like we're headed for conflict. Today, a headline from Fox News. U.S. officials began crafting Iran bombing plan. Our military officials are planning to bomb Iran. Very interesting. Here's a headline from The Independent over in the U.K. The proxy war. U.K. troops are sent to Iranian border. British soldiers return to action as tensions between the U.S. and Iran grow. Well, going back to a question earlier in this program, this is no time for a pre 
September 11 mindset, a September 10 mindset. We're not in September 10. Yesterday was September 11. Today is September 12. We remember 9-11. I went to eat yesterday at Matt's Mexican Food in East Dallas, one of my favorite places. I speak up here for Matt's. And on the door, not only did they have good food, but they had a simple sign on that door. September 11, we remember. September 11, we remember. We always play at the beginning of this show, President Bush saying, We will not tire. We will not falter. We will not fail. And I'm wondering now if the slogan in the Congress is, We are tired. We're faltering, and we're going to fail. That's all I hear from the left wing, from the moveon.org, and from many of those Democrats up there. They're ready to throw in the towel. But thank God for good Democrats like Joe Lieberman and many others who are saying, no, we need to stay the course, and we need to support our troops, support our president until the job is done. Why? Because we're not in a pre-September 11 world. We're in a post-September 11 world. And the flypaper strategy has worked pretty good. We're fighting them over there so we don't have to fight those terrorists over here. If we quit fighting them over there, we will be fighting them over here. Who thought that six years after 9-11 we would not have had another major attack on the United States? Everyone thought we would see that. We have not. Someone has been successful. Is it the president? Is it our national security strategy? Is it our troops? Or is it the left wing that's opposed every part of the war on terror? Well, we talk today about persecuted Christians around the world. And I just want to remind you of some scriptures. Paul says this, All who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Paul said, A door has opened unto me, an effective door, but there is much opposition. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ in China that the Olympics will be a spiritual victory. Nothing is impossible for God. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.